and welcome to ArborPod, Detective Dendro series. Today's guest is Guy Mayer in the case of the terrible tar. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. It was a wicked thunderstorm, the kind you only get in the tropics. Lightning lit a fireball over the huge Bodhi tree in the center of the temple square, blazing her silhouette onto a building as she rounded the corner. I had been gaining, but as I rounded the corner, the power of thunder rocked the earth. She was nowhere to be seen. I slapped my fedora against my trench coat, and the large raindrops stung my cheeks like tears. She had eluded me again, and the trail turned as cold as it could in that sauna-like tropical city. Speculation raced rampant through my brain as I strode through the stinging rain. I shivered as I shook my head clear, and water sprayed around her fading silhouette like a doubly helical halo. The office printer beeped and churned out a color picture as the telephone rang. Coda's number showed on the caller ID window, so I hit the speakerphone button. What's up, Codet? I asked my assiduous apprentice as I yawned and stretched. Dendro, there's something really weird about this maple tree. His voice was palpitating with puzzlement. Someone put pruning paint in blotches on the stem, and I can't figure out why. I sent you the picture so you can tell me what to tell the client. I looked at the shiny black blotches and the smooth gray of the maple bark surrounding them and shook my head. Don't tell her anything yet, I said. You and Rodrigo wrap up your IPM and soil assessments and then scout the neighborhood for more clues to our clients' landscape issues. Remember to take along some consumer information brochures in case the neighbors have questions. I'll be right over. It had been a long time since I had thought about that steamy night in Singapore, and I reminisced as I drove to the job site. My mentor there, named Saiful Nassins, was celebrating the Shaka Day with members of a local temple by caring for ficus trees. We literally dug into problems people had with planting and with installing ground rods for lightning systems. The Earth's organic content was dissolved by the high night temperatures and high rainfall, so the blended backfill was 25% composted wood chips. The rubble in that Garden City soil was more extreme than any I'd seen before or since. It seemed to take as much time for me to install the ground rod as it took Seifel to climb the tree and install the conductor. While digging, I found a sealed chest of books buried by the brilliant British naturalist and proto-arborist E.J.H. Corner during World War II to save them from the Japanese occupation. My mentor told me later that Corner's durian theory had implications for urban forestry, but he did not develop that connection before I had to leave. Another book had engravings of trees now extinct in that tropical city-state due to development, which is why there was such a heightened local awareness of tree value. Singapore's experience foreshadowed what was to come in other world-class cities, I realized as I parked and walked to the backyard. The guys were still studying the multi-stemmed maple tree mentioned earlier. Coated tapped the trunk with a rubber mallet, eliciting a solid sound. My resonance test does not indicate a cavity, so can there be decay inside this area? And does the pruning paint stop at the slightly raised tissue at the base of the stem because the wound stopped at the collar? In Chile, I learned that pruning paint is terrible tar because it seals in more problems than it seals out, Rodrigo Robledo, Codet's classmate, added. Is that true? And if there is no decay, does this tree need any treatments to reduce its risk of failing toward these houses? The answers to your questions are yes, not exactly, 
often and yes, I told the budding arborists. They exchanged looks of utter confusion. Remember what the fictional detective Sherlock Holmes said, don't theorize before getting the facts. Collect information and keep your senses and your mind open. Perhaps a blooming onion or two for lunch will open our minds as well as our sinuses. As we ate, I told Codet and Rodrigo about my arboricultural adventures in Singapore. Lightning there strikes down many trees. Some die right after being zapped, but usually they are left standing to struggle with insects and diseases, both pre-existing and introduced. Ambrosia beetles transmit disease there as they do here. I saw black blotches on some trees, similar to what you found on the maple stem. Codet dropped his sandwich. His eyes grew as wide as a tarsier's, and he clapped the side of his head with the heel of his hand. I smiled inwardly at his reaction and continued. My mentor's approach was to increase the tree's powers, which he called devas, so they could overcome disease. After lunch, Coda grabbed the tool bag and picked at the shiny black coating. The black stuff crumbles instead of bending like tar-based pruning paint usually does, and the wood inside is decayed. The stem gave little resistance as he drilled through it with a slender bit. The wood is so weak. Why didn't it sound hollow when I hit it? Rodrigo held up a copy of Fungal Strategies of Wood Decay in Trees. Here's the answer, amigo. It looks like this picture of Astalina de Usta, he said, quoting a passage from the book. With this kind of decay, acoustic velocity is not reduced, even at the late stage of decay. He put the book back into our crate of references. The other stems in the root collar appear sound, but the root zone is limited by terrain and many competing shrubs and trees all around it. Now that we have collected more information, we can form new theories. Exactly, I said, clapping him on the shoulder. When your working hypothesis does not make sense, return to your senses. Preclude premature preconceptions as you systematically assess the evidence. If you had used your hand lens on those blotches, you would have seen parathesia openings like pores, not looking like tar at all. The epistemological order is sensation to perception to conception, also known as data to analysis to conclusion. We must fit our theories to the facts and not vice versa. As for nomenclature, this disease has been reclassified from the genus Hypoxylon to Ustalina to Kretschmeria. In the field, we will stick to the more general term Hypoxylon, with a small h. As for sealants, some formulations have improved on tar, but they are still experimental. So what management options would you consider if this multi-stemmed specimen was yours? In a healthy tree, the pathogen is usually compartmentalized and invasion or spread is stalled, Coded said, remembering his modern arboriculture. The big question is, will the infection break the interior barriers and infect the other stems? For now, I would lightly reduce the sprawling ends cable these two stems on either side of the infected stem and check once a year to see if the hypoxylon is spreading. We have time to see how the tree responds to root invigoration, Rodrigo added. This prescription for soil improvement and mulching might increase the tree's health and resistance to disease. Research shows that mulching with chipped hawthorn wood may inhibit decay, so we should spread some. Our client had been listening as she approached the arborists from behind. 
She was alight with anticipation. That all sounds good to me, gentlemen. Please proceed properly, and leave the bill in the door when you are done. Her voice was fainter as she saw me turn. Where are you off to now, Dendro? I'm pursuing a clue to an old, cold case, I answered with a nod, pulling my hat brim over my brow. Drop me a line if anything arboricultural goes awry. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. Are you certified by ISA? You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD6827 to complete the quiz online. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. Mm-hmm.